have been digging for the last three hours all through Jeremiah, uh, putting together all the little pieces of... Uh, I didn't think you were here today. I'm glad you're here. Yes. <laughs> I didn't see you. Were you up there? Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Jeremiah was this this book that uh, I, I always read with like, oh, it was kind of guy had a hard life and he had a lot of things to say and he brought you know he basically told everybody that Jerusalem was going to come to destruction and and um, you know and uh, I look through all the different things that that we read in there there's a lot of information in Jeremiah a lot of information that's relevant to today's situations and I wanted to just brainstorm through uh, some of the stuff that we got from Jeremiah just to just to chew it up again with you guys and uh, to think on it um, but uh, Jeremiah did not have an easy uh, call in his life. His ministry was not great. Okay, um, let's start with uh, 23 years of telling the people what God's going to do. God not doing it, waiting for them to repent. And at 23 years, he was persecuted. He was imprisoned. He was beat up. He was put down. Twice he wanted to quit. <laughs> That we read in the Bible, right? Um, he's just once he he cursed his own day of birth. To that point, he's like, I don't want to live, God. Why don't Why don't you just kill me now? This is not working. I I don't feel anything happening. And uh, uh, in all that, he kept getting back up, and he's he kept seeing God's purpose, and he kept seeing God's call in his life, and he kept seeing God's God's uh, uh, will. Um, in uh, there's a lot of scriptures. We're going to stay in Jeremiah today, but uh, you guys might not have uh, the maybe time to flip through. Just just log it in, okay? Uh, Jeremiah eleven one through six. God tells Jeremiah, "Tell them, tell them." That was Jeremiah's call. He's called, "Tell them, tell them." Right? We we. Uh, we listed this year as go and tell, and it's not over yet. We still got almost two months, uh, month and a half or so. Uh, it's a little over a month and a half to go and tell. That's their heading this year. Go, go and tell, right? Um, Jeremiah twenty-five three is where it says that he's been preaching to the nation for for twenty-three years without any results. Nobody's listening to him, right? God will again commission him and tell him the same exact thing tell them that destruction is near tell them that my wrath is coming that I can't bear them anymore tell them tell them tell them and uh, uh, Jeremiah was hated for his ministry in Jeremiah 22 we read that he was imprisoned he was beat up he was uh, in, in chains Jeremiah wanted to quit a few times Jeremiah 27 let's read that After he, uh, uh, the first seven verses is a prophecy for uh, Pushur. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes? Good. Um, and uh, 
And uh, he basically tells him that uh, you're a false prophet and you're going to get judged even worse for that. And you're going to watch yourself and all your friends die in Babylon. You're going to get captured alive and you're going to go to Babylon and get chopped up over there. And then verse 7 happens and he, and, and he cries out to God and he, he complains to God. He says, you deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and, preva- and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, and a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I hear many whispering terror on every side um at the very end of this chapter uh why did i ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to the end of my days in shame that's jeremiah this is a prophet right this is a guy who's got anointed who's like uh man i got a mission i got a, a ministry you know uh uh, uh, he, he's the guy who proclaimed in the first chapters that you created me for my birth just to do this. I mean, this is this is what I'm going to do. This is what this is, man. This is my life, right? And then he at this point where he's just like, man, God, you tricked me. God, this is this is not easy. This is not this is not this is not fun anymore. This is this is tough stuff. I keep telling them that they're wrong. They keep hating me. I, they're abusing me. They're 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 threatening my life all the time. It's miraculously that I keep surviving all this stuff, right? But but my ministry sucks. That's what he's saying, God. Why, why did you ever why did you make me? Why did you create me? Why did you why why why? And he's he's has this complaint. Earlier, I think in uh in uh Jeremiah 15, 17 through 21, he complains to God, and God God answers him like this. He says, Jeremiah, you have like two seconds to repent, and if you do, I'll let you be my mouthpiece, and I'll let you continue with your ministry. That's what God answers him. He says, hold up, hold up, hold up. What's going on here? I'm still in control, Jeremiah. I'm, 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 I'm your boss. Don't forget that. Okay. And so in uh, Jeremiah, he gets up. Jeremiah, he, uh, he's got nowhere to go. Put it that way. He, what, what is the other option? To go sin? To go and be like everybody else? To go into the world? And, and what's the point of that? Right? That's, you know, he's in the word of God. He's mentioned. He's a hero because of, of what he went through. And uh, he chose... To continue, he chose to repent. He chose to get back up. Uh, Jeremiah twenty-one is uh, the the prophecy coming true, and uh, <laughs> and I can see uh, the change in Jeremiah's attitude when he's prophesying the same prophecy over and over. And this time, it's you know the city has been sieged. There's Babylon next door, and they're breaking down the walls, and and. And now the king is, now the new king that just, you know, happened to come, he, he comes up and he goes, well, what do we do, Jeremiah? You know, 
Uh, everybody is telling us, peace, peace, peace. Everything's going to be great. Just keep sinning. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about life. You only live once. Enjoy it. And now we see the results. And what do we do? And Jeremiah goes, Boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> wow, okay, now you come to me, huh? And Jeremiah answered them, Tell Zedekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I am about to turn against you the weapons of war that you hold in your own hands. I added own. But that's how mad God is. He says, every hope of survival that you have, I'm going to shake it from you. I'm going to take it away from you. I am against you. I've, I've bared you for so long that, that I can't, I can't, I can't. I've waited for this moment. That's how God responds to their plea for help. And you're like, wow, man, that's, you know, is it fair? Yeah, it's fair. When you think about how long God bared them. I think I looked up on Google, it's 500 years to this point, they, they didn't keep the... Uh, the holidays, they didn't keep the, the tradition, they didn't, they didn't honor God, they rejected God, they lived for themselves. 500 years, it's a long time. Talks a lot about rebellion, not willing to listen, not willing to pay attention, not obeying, um, all kind of one thing, right? I'm going to live the way I want to live. And, uh, a rebellion, Jeremiah two thirty-five. Let's read that. Yet, yet, in spite of all this, you say I am innocent. He is not angry with me. But I will pass judgment on you because you say, I have not sinned. Rebellion in itself is saying, sin isn't sin. And I, it's basically saying, stop judging me for what I'm doing. I deserve to have this. I deserve to be this. I deserve to be like this. That's rebellion. And the person who's in rebellion always answers, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Don't judge me. Don't, don't. Who are you? What do you know? Jeremiah 7, 9. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery, and perjury, burn incense to Baal, and follow other gods you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which bears my name, and say, We are safe, safe to do all these detestable things. Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. So, in all this... <laughs> 
God is telling them to listen, to obey. He's given them the Ten Commandments. He's given them promised land. He's, they've seen miracle after miracle. They know what's right. Nobody's following God. Nobody, and this whole thing is just kind of just hanging in the air of when, when is God's wrath, when is God's judgment coming. Isaiah, Jeremiah has come in and they said, man, people, this is a crazy time. This is, man, you guys are nuts if you're going to continue to live in sin. You guys, it's not, it's not looking good. But the false prophets, they come in and they say, everything's going to be okay. Chillax, man. God is a good God. Yes, He is. <laughs> Always. Right? Su- you know, super grace. I mean, that's what He is. He's love, right? I mean, He's... Don't worry. Chillax, man. Ease up, man. Come on. Enjoy enjoy life a little bit. And... Uh, um. God is hurt the most of when we uh, don't repent. It's not when uh, when you fall that God is hurt. It's when you don't repent. It's when you uh, don't get up. It's when you start justifying your life. That's when He's like, "Man, I after everything that I've gone with you, after everything that I've done with you, after after all that I've taught you, after all that I've given you." This is your. This is the way you're going to move. This is what. This is your next move. And uh, I, I saw a scripture in uh, Jeremiah two. Sorry, Jeremiah. <clears throat> Jeremiah three. Seven. I thought that after she had done all these sin, uh, this she would return to me, but she did not. And her unfaithful sister Judah saw it and did the same basically but God says here that I thought that after you know she tasted sin that she'd come to her senses and she'd come to realization that it's not that great that the rapper looks good but it's not that great but that's the thing that shocks me the most is that she decides to stay there that nation decided to stay there. It became a stiff-necked nation. They became uh, unable to hear because, because they just decided not to believe. They just decided not to believe in their God. They decided not to pay the price when it was time to pay the price. They, they self-deceived themselves. They had so many self-deceptions. They had so many false prophets. It's almost like today. Almost like today. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah was... Uh, uh, Addressing a lot of false prophets in, in Scripture. And I have a bunch of Scripture that, that uh, I wrote down, but we're going to look at a couple of them. Um, one was where Jeremiah is, God is telling him to prophesy again. And he's like, wait, 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 God. But they got all these false prophets, and that's why they're not, you know, they're not, you know, listening. And they got false prophets. And he's almost like, God, give them a chance. They got false prophets. I mean, it's not their fault. And God responds to that. And um, fourteen eleven, I believe. Then the Lord said to me, "Do not pray for the well-being of these people. Though they fast, I will not listen to their cry. Though they utter burnt, offer burnt offerings and." grain offerings I will not accept them instead I will destroy them with the sword famine and plague 
But I said, Allah, sovereign Lord, the prophets keep telling them, you will not see the sword or suffer famine. Indeed, I will give you lasting peace in this place. Then the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoke to them. And later he goes on saying, I'm still going to destroy them the same. Just because they have false prophets, just because they have a support system for sin, doesn't justify them to keep sinning. And uh, it kind of puts uh, responsibility on us when we read something like that. Well, 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 what am I running on? What if I've, you know, allowed some ease in my life, allowed some things to slip by? I mean, I listened to this preacher, he sounded good, and I started to relax. I listened, you know, this guy came to our church, and he was preaching good. And he said, you know, cheesecake a week is fine. It's good stuff. You haven't enjoyed cheesecake, have you? You guys don't enjoy much cheesecake. You need more cheesecake. You're like, well, that, well, it's this guy up on stage. I mean, he said cheesecake, and I love cheesecake. <laughs> but the meat, the homework, is what keeps you alive. So God says, I don't care about the false prophets. I put them there so that they wouldn't listen, actually. So that they'd be self-deceived. So that they would, uh, because I'm so sick of it. I just want to destroy them. You know, don't pray for them anymore. I'm not going to hear your prayers. Don't pray for them anymore. You know, today we have, you know, just come to God. Just, just run to God. He'll always accept you. He's always graceful. He's always merciful. He's always loving. And, and we read in Jeremiah, this scripture doesn't, doesn't balance out with what we have. But this is God's word. There's a lot of reasons why God doesn't hear prayers. Sin is one of them. Self-ambition is another one. You know, I've come to the realization that God's not going to give me everything I want. <laughs> and, and it's a good thing. keeps me humble. keeps me broken. Keeps me keeps me running to Him and saying, God, you're in control, you're in control, you're in control. <laughs> keeps me tied in. Sometimes God doesn't want us to have what we're asking because he has something better for us. You know, and sometimes a delayed response to a prayer is just because there's a spiritual war going on and, and, and you got to wait for that to finish and then you'll have what you are praying for. But I'd say the number one thing is you've lost your hearing and you can't hear what God wants. So you're just randomly praying for whatever comes to your mind or whatever you saw on the TV. Oh, I want that. That's not Christianity. That's just you living for yourself. Perhaps they will listen. Jeremiah 26.3 God is listening. Jeremiah 8.6 He's listening to us. He's waiting for us to repent. Jeremiah 14.10 But you like to wander. Jeremiah twenty two twenty one. from your youth. There's a couple things. Jeremiah is 
commissioned in his youth, when he's young, in his teens. And in our youth, we get to choose. Either we're with God or we're with the world. That's why youth is so important. That's why we have a youth service. We don't have, you know, uh, every week, you know, a middle-aged service. We have a youth service because we, we know that that's important. Because it's a vital fight going on right now in our lives and where we stand and where we're going. Right? We have kids services. Yes, those are important. But youth we have every week. And you need to be here every week. If you want to win. From your youth, you wandered. You decided, ah, well, it's not that important if I'm here every week. Ah, there's other things in life that I need to invest in. There's other things. There's other ventures. There's other, you know, don't put all your hopes in one place. You know, what if this revival doesn't happen? You know, I went here all my high school days. Everybody made fun of me. For what? I'll, I'll play it safe. You know, I got a, I got, you know, to be in sports. And, and if there's, you know, a competition and if there's, well, I can miss it. I believe in a Christianity where you declare to the world that you operate on a different system. On God's system. And that's what Jeremiah is saying, man. How, he, he, we'll get to that scripture, but he's saying, just one person. One person with me. Come on, one person. Come, you know, stand for the city. God's, you know, like Lot. You know, just, just a few people. I won't destroy it. Oh, what if, you know, what if God is... It's being merciful to Washington State or America right now just because we came to Friday Night Youth, just because we came in to be faithful. We came to say, God, we'll stand for you. We'll stand for your system. We'll stand for, for what, what you have planned. I think uh, uh, Father said this. He says, you know, well, I'll be, you know, 95% faithful to God, but every once in a while I'll have a, that smoke. One cigarette, just one cigarette. I mean, it'll be fine, you know, just, just one cigarette. It's not a big deal. I'm not going to get addicted. I'm not going to kill my lungs. I'm not going to die, you know, just one cigarette. And we all laughed at that. And we're like, but he drove a point saying, you know what? If uh, you're with God, you're with God all the way. And that one cigarette will kill you. That one cigarette will destroy everything you built, everything you stand on. Jeremiah 17, 23. No response to discipline. God starts disciplining harshly. He says, they have become silver that's unacceptable. I've reboiled them. I've, 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 I've uh, refined them. I've put them through so much stuff. Accidents, and they miraculously survive. Uh, this, and, they, and they, they, they say, wow, God exists, but then they forget. This, and this, and this. God does so many things for us to, to get a glimpse of what He wants and what He's doing. But... They still, and he's like, they're, they're silver, they've been refined, but I can't use them. They're, they're dirty silver. Medical injuries that I've healed them from, you know, uh, back in the sports, and then they forget to worship. You keep on backsliding, fifteen six. so I'll reach out and destroy you. I'm tired of holding back. I will winnow them with a winnowing fork. That was raw. I didn't plan to read that. But I saw that just now. 
God is listening, God knows. Who will listen? I read uh, the word listen, obey, pay attention, respond over and over and over and over in Jeremiah. Uh, a lot. Because basically that's what nobody was doing. Listening, just listening, just listening and letting it to absorb and letting it to, to dissolve and letting it to go, whoa, I got to change something. There's a big deal in today's re- Christianity. You know, most Christian services and, 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 and have come to just positive, something positive. God loves you. God's going to bless you. God is nice. God is good. <laughs> see you later. Come next week. Leave us a paycheck. And we'll see you next week. Guess what we're going to tell you next week? The same thing. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Everything's jolly. But when it comes time to uh, stand for against the... Uh, uh, the legal system that's being corrupted and just being washed out from underneath us, nobody shows up. When it stands, you know, to uh, uh, let's let's go help a country that's in need, uh, just a couple of paychecks and that's it. You know, let's go let's go, you know, respond to God's biggest plan, the harvest. Ah, it's not for me. Why? Because everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Everything's. Look, I mean. I got a house, I got a, a car, I got uh, my kids, everything's great. What's the big idea? All through Jeremiah, we see that God is in control. He, we see that we still have a free will, but God is in control. He says, Jeremiah ten twenty three and 24. Lord, I know the people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to to direct their steps. Discipline me, Lord, but only in due measure, not in your anger, or you will reduce me to nothing. He's admitting that God can wipe us out at any minute. He's in control. But at the same time, we read Jeremiah 18, 6 through 10. Sorry, Jeremiah 18, 6 through 10. That's what I said, right? Okay. I went to chapter 6 for some reason. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict any of the disaster. And vice versa, if I declared I'm going to bless it, but they rebel against me and they turn to evil, then I'm going to destroy it. You know, people are saying, why, you know, I don't believe in God. He's not fair, blah, 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 blah. There's, you know, kids dying in Africa from famine, and they did nothing to deserve that. What kind of an evil God are you worshiping? Well, if you only understood what was really going on, you'd understand how merciful he really is. And kids are dying in Africa because you're a lazy American, and you don't read your word, and you don't go over there to help them. But kids are dying in Africa not because of God, because of you. 
And when you understand the reality of things, then you wouldn't say that. But because everybody's pumped up with, with life is great, life is easy, life is fun, life is just terrific, they blame everything on God. God is, God is the problem. Why would you worship God? Blah, 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 blah. And it's just nuts. It's nuts. It's really just nuts right now. God gives us the ability to choose. Yet he, the choices we make, he responds to that very, very well. <laughs> so if we choose to stand in his will, he's going to guide us and lead us and bless us. If we choose to rebel, he's going to bring us to destruction. God is just. God is fair. He wants us to seek him with all of our hearts. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14. But also he says that our heart is a wicked thing above all things. Jeremiah seventeen nine. So at the same time he says, seek me with all your hearts as much as you have in you. But at the same time, don't trust your hearts because it is wicked. Does anybody understand that? took me a long time to understand that. It means this. <laughs> when I used to pray, God, oh man, let my dreams come true. I, I come to you with all my heart. Oh, Lord Jesus, where's, where's my beautiful Ferrari? I mean, it's about time. I mean, a week ago would have been better, but, ah, you know, I, prosperity, man. It's for me, Jesus. I believe you with all my heart. He says, check your heart. Make sure it's not wicked. Make sure it's based off of what my will is for you. And my will is salvation. My will is humility. My will is longevity so you don't fade out and, and fall away from me. That's my will. And if I give you a Ferrari right now, you, boy, you're going to be hurting. You're going to smash in that tree. And you're going to be paralyzed. You're going to be dead. Or you're going to get prideful. You're going to fall away real fast. And, um, and so he says, your heart is wicked above all things. And you can't trust it. You know, I'm glad that God doesn't, doesn't give us what we want right away. 23 years Jeremiah was proclaiming this, right? 23 years he was saying, this city is going to be surrounded. This city is going to be overtaken. This city is going to fall. Babylon's going to come. God already declared it. He's mad at you guys. If you guys humble yourselves, you'll be captured. And with time, you'll be returned. But that's if you humble yourself. The city's going to fall. There's, God declared that. He's not taking his word back. He doesn't want to hear your prayers. He's done. This is not negotiable anymore. And uh, uh, I think there were some people that, that, that did that, you know? But they were, imagine this, a fortified city, uh, uh, all these false prophets telling you, stay in, God's going to show up, he's going to win for us. But there's this one crazy prophet, Jeremiah, who says, you know what, if you go outside the city and surrender yourself, They'll take you as, as you know, uh, prisoners of war or whatever. You know, they might do whatever they want to. There's no guarantees. But, but God says this, he will protect you and he'll bring you back. And you're like amongst, you know, staying warm in this huddle. You realize that survival is out there. And you have to take that risk. 
And it's always like that. That's, for salvation, that's, that's what it always is. It always comes down to that. Are you willing to, to risk everything on God? Are you willing to, to, to give up everything to know for sure that salvation is there? I really like that song that we sang today, Beckons Me. Uh, every word in that, that uh, phrase, I was just thinking, man, that guy was writing it. How did he come up with that? And uh, everything from, from gently pulling me to the cross, um, breaking me um, to uh, uh, having this just longing for love, real love, God's love. You know, that's why that's that's what happened in my life. That's probably what happened in your life, right? Just just coming to that cross, coming to to God was like that. That process. When I think about it, that that is a huge miracle. When Pastor talks about you know being in the back, going, I'm not, I'm not, and then and then and then he doesn't know he's crying, and 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 he leaves and goes, you know, that's a powerful move of God. Somebody to come up here to an altar call and respond like that. That man. God is just trying to get a hold of your attention, man. He's just saying, dude, I could control you if I wanted to, but I'm going to let you choose. Because you're no good to me if I control you. You're only good to me if you listen and if you trust me, if you take that risk. Come out of your comfort. Come out of that city. Go where I'm... Listen, it's, it's not over. It's never over. I, I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to make it fall, but... But you can still have salvation. You can still run for me. False prophets. Harvesters know God. Jeremiah twenty two sixteen. He defended the cause of the poor and the needy, and so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord. That's what a harvester is. He's a guy that thinks not about his life anymore, about what he wants. He's thinking about the harvest, other people around him. What do they need? They need God. And that's what God says. Is that not what it means to know me? Because as soon as you experience God, the very first thing you want is you want somebody else to experience God. You want somebody else to get it. You want somebody else's eyes to open. And so you do anything possible to get them to, to church or to get them to a club or to, get, to tell them, man, you got it. You, you, you need to, you, you, if I could only tell you. <laughs> and uh, to stay afloat as a Christian, guess what you got to do? You got to get into the harvest. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to go to a school club. You got to go to a yogi bear. Trust me, it, it, it'll, it'll affect you. Go to a missions trip and see what the world is really like. It's not that great. The world is, has a lot of problems. But guess what? It'll keep you afloat because you won't be self-centered. Because your eyes will be opened and you'll say, whoa, I can't have that. That's not for me anymore. I don't need that. I want God's will. It's worth paying a price for. And it comes down to this. 
There's two outcomes. Boast in your God. That's another thing. Not in your stuff. Jeremiah 10, 23-24. The good days are coming and the scary days are coming. And uh, the good days is Jeremiah thirty three thirteen. God prophesies, says, Jeremiah, now I'm going to add another prophecy. It's further in your book here. And I think we read that today. 33.13 Hold up. 14. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. And uh, uh, the good promise is Jesus. The good promise is the Savior. Good promises. You don't have to live in the system. You don't have to operate your whole life around money and around fame and around self-preservation. It's when you get out of the system, that's when it's the good life for you. Does it mean that uh, it's always going to be easy? No. Christianity is not easy. Christianity is not going to be easy. It's never easy. It's you leaving your warm huddle of people and stepping out of the city to get devoured. But that's what Christianity is. And if you don't understand it like that, then I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see who you're listening to. Because when you read your word, and when you pay attention, when you listen, that's what God always says. He says, get ready to die. Die for yourself. But, let's say you don't. Let's say, you know, Jeremiah didn't. Let's say he just went, you know what, God, I'm done. You made me into a prophet, but I don't want to be one. Jeremiah 9, 4. This really gave me a glimpse of back to where I was five years ago. I was like, wow, this is just, this is just... This is how people live. Wow, man, this is nuts. Beware of your friends. Do not trust anyone in your clan. For every one of them is a deceiver, and every friend a slanderer. Friend deceives friend, and no one speaks the truth. They have taught their tongues to lie. They weary themselves with singing. You live in the midst of deception. In your deceit, they refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. That's who your friends are going to be. That's who you're going to hover with. That's who your buddies are going to be. People that are going to lie to you, but that's all you want to hear. And guess what? It's only fun for a little bit. It's only fun until that bubble bursts. And then you're like, man, I don't trust any of you guys. You guys are all liars, you know? Being on, uh, on drugs, guess what? You, you are paranoid all the time. You have no rest. You're always running. You know, you, you hear rehab people come up here and say, all I could think about when I get up is the next dose. All I could think about when I, when I, when I, uh, when I finally got the dose was when am I going to get the next dose? Like a wolf, like a trapped. And it says this. Four. 
four eighteen through twenty one. Your own conduct and actions have brought this on you. This is your punishment. How bitter it is. How it pierces to the heart. Oh, my anguish, my anguish. I write in pain. Oh, the agony of my heart. My heart pounds within me. I cannot keep silent, for I have heard the sound of the trumpet. I have heard the battle cry. Disaster follows disaster, and the whole land lies in ruins. In an instant, my tents are destroyed, my shelter in a moment. How long must I see the battle standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? When you're in destruction, that's all you can think about. When am I going to lose my house? When am I going to lose my car? When am I going to lose this? When, when is this going to be gone? Why? Because you, you know that you don't deserve it. You know that it's just not going to last. It's just a facade. It's just a, a, a thing, right? And... I've always told this to Christians and school clubs and when I preach, you know the truth. God's not going to let you succeed. God's going to hunt you down if you leave His kingdom. Why? Because you know too much. You know the truth. You can try to justify it. You can try to masquerade it. You can try to, 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 to think that life is good. But when you go to bed at night, your brain knows, I'm living in a curse. This is... I might have the things that I wanted, but man, my heart longs for love. My heart longs for a real hangout time when I can share what's going on in my life for reals with somebody I can trust and I can find ease and joy in that. Not somebody that, you know, we're, we're all giggly and, and laughy with, but in the end, I don't trust them. I, I can't hang with them. I, I realize, man, their main objective of that night is to get me to go further into sin. And my main objective, though, that night is for them to... Get them to fall. But uh, this was the scariest verse that I found in Jeremiah, and this is the last verse of today. Eight twenty. The harvest is past and the summer has ended and we are not saved. The harvest is past and the summer has ended and we are not saved. And I read this chapter again just to make sure what was going on here. We have aroused my anger. You have aroused my anger with the things and images with their worthless foreign idols. That's the verse before, right? And then 21 says, Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn and horror grips me this Isaiah but I was just this kind of it doesn't make sense that it's here and he's not talking about you know plants or anything like that but he's all suddenly threw out the word harvest in there and he says the harvest is past the summer is ended and we are not saved and he's talking about salvation and the harvest and I'm like this is this isn't it's out of con you know it doesn't make sense what is there but but the words are very sharp Jeremiah saw this his ministry was to minister to an unrepenting society of people and ultimately watch them go into judgment before God. That was his ministry. That's not a fun ministry. That's a scary ministry. That's, a, that's something, man, that, I, mean, I don't know how he, he did that. 
just other than God's grace and God's mercy. But when he says those words, it scares me to go, man, we got to do something about this harvest. We got to do something crazy. We got to put our focus into it. We got we to gotta get on it. You know, and uh, when I hear pastor preaching about uh, aligning our lives and, and, and believing and running hard and, and never ceasing and trusting God, that's what is going to get the harvest to, to react. When they see crazy people and a bunch of them coming at them, saying, you know what, we're radicals. We pray and we read the word and we know our Lord and Savior. And we live by a different system than this world. We live on God's system. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know if that's possible. That all of a sudden we hear the trumpet. And God shows up. And he says, that's it. Summer's over. No more harvest. Who'd you save? What'd you do? Are you ready for that? I, I think sometimes, uh, yeah, but then I go, no, I'm not, man. I could be doing so much more. I could be doing so much more for God. I could be doing it with with more, you know? And uh, that's what I got out of Jeremiah is, is uh, don't take it to heart when people don't listen. Keep doing your work. Keep, keep, keep on your, your work. Keep praying. Keep reading the word. Uh, you know, when you fall, get up. Get up, get up, get up, get up. That's your calling. You got to fight for it. You got to stand in it. But uh, in the end, God's in control. We're going to answer to Him. You might think you're in control of your life, but trust me, uh, you get to make small decisions that affect you, but God's in control. And God will let you go if you really want that. He will let you go. But you're going to be miserable. You're going to hate yourself. You're going to have no dignity. You can't look yourself in the mirror. And um, fire in my bones. Uh, I just wanted to pray for more boldness tonight uh, to, to preach. More boldness to reach out. More boldness to, to interact with this world and uh, infect them and affect them. And that's what I, I want when I come before God. That's my cry, you know, uh, to, to be more effective in, in my daily walk, to be more effective and in, in, uh, it comes from God, it comes from leaning on Him, trusting Him seeking Him, fighting, saying God, I don't want to stay like this and here it says you could change hearts, and here it says that, that if you change my heart it'll change from always being lazy and wicked and, and justifying everything to, to being right with you, and that's what I want Amen I think that's what that's what I six eight wants. That's what Church of Living God wants. We want to see changes in our heart. We want to see changes in the way we operate. We want to be more effective. We want to we want to stay faithful even when we might not see the things we want to see yet. Amen. Let's pray.